Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. I'm your host, Lorelai, where we talk all things metaphysics. And thank you so much for coming back and joining me for more crystals, quotes, and metaphysical topics this week. And thank you so much for um, subscribing to the podcast and um, seeing every week what I've been bringing out. I mean, it has been, this is episode number 60. So I'm really excited. This is like such a big turning point for me. It's been a little over a year since I've been doing this. And some of you have been with me every step of the way. And I am just so grateful and I love you guys so much for going on this journey with me and discovering all the amazing things that encompass metaphysics. So thank you so much again from all of my heart to yours. So anyway, let's talk about what I've been looking at this week. So I wanted to talk to you guys about blue kyanite this week because I have been really digging blue kyanite. It's an amazing stone to help with communication, to help with opening up your truth and discovering who you are and expressing that through your voice. Um, It also is amazing with connectivity with divine source. So I'm going to be showing you that. Also, I actually got that crystal that we were talking about last week, the azurite and malachite, the combination. I bought some so I get to show you guys what that looks like. Oh, also, if you are listening to this podcast, it is on video and on YouTube for you to watch. So if you want to see what some of these crystals look like, be sure to go to my YouTube channel, Third Eye with Lorelei, and check it out. Okay, so let's take a peek at what I want to show you guys. Okay, so let's take a look at blue kyanite. So, oh, actually, wait, wait, first, let's talk about the malachite and azurite. So, there she is. Isn't she beautiful? So you see, you obviously see the azurite and how beautiful and bright blue it is, but then you also have this really incredible green from the malachite. Now, you have to forgive me, so I have a, obviously a green screen, so the green of the malachite, the camera is picking up and trying to make it into space, so. <laughs> so anyway, it's, it is, that is malachite that my camera's trying to make into space, but that, there you have it. That's what it looks like in its natural little state there, and isn't it lovely? So yay, I'm glad I got to show you guys my own little stone of that. Now, let's move on to blue kyanite. So um, I have a pendant here that's blue kyanite. And you see how that's like kind of has these striations, you know, like these straight lines, like selenite and like black tourmaline has. So blue kyanite, interesting that I, I know off the top of my head, it, um, it doesn't hold energy. It only trans it like transmits energy or like passes energy you know what i mean so it doesn't hold on to any negativity so it's great because you don't ever have to clean it so that's kind of awesome especially if you like have to wait for the full moon or whatever it's great to have because you don't have to cleanse it all the time 
So that's the pendant. And then I have a spire here or a pyramid of blue kinda. You see the blue inclusions. This one has like a bunch of different colors associated with it, but it is a blue kyanite pyramid. Um, so yeah, isn't it lovely you guys? So that's blue kyanite. Okay, so let's let's talk about blue kyanite. And um, I am getting this from the Crystal Bible book by Judy Hall. See? Doo -doo -doo. Okay, so of course I closed it, but I can get to get to it pretty quick here. Okay. All right, so blue kyanite. Um, so it comes in additional colors as well as blue. It comes in pink, green, yellow, gray, and black. Um, it's pretty ready available uh, and it comes sourced out of Brazil. So kyanite is excellent for attunement and meditation. It is tranquilizing and a powerful transmitter and amplifier of high frequency energy, stimulating psychic abilities and the intuition. With its ability to tune into the causal level, the stone can help spiritually energy or can help spiritual energy to manifest in thought. This crystal connects to spirit guides and instills compassion. Grounding spiritual vibrations, it brings spiritual integrity and maturation. It facilitates dream recall and promotes healing dreams. So this would be really good to put at your bedside to help with dream recall and all the like. So I actually do have this normally right on my nightstand, right by my bed. Kyanite is helpful for those making the transition through death. Kyanite instantly aligns the chakras and subtle bodies, clearing the pathways and meridians. It restores chi to the physical body and its organs. In healing, it stabilizes the biomagnetic field after clearing and transformation. As kyanite does not hold negativity, it never requires cleaning. Psychologically, kyanite encourages speaking one's truth and cutting through fears and blockages. Opening the throat chakra, the stone encourages self-expression and communication. It cuts through ignorance and opens to spiritual and psychological truth. Kyanite slices through confusion and dispels blockages, illusions, anger, frustration, and stress. It increases the capacity for logical and linear thought, stimulates the higher mind, and links into the causal level. Spiritually, kyanite assists in detaching from the idea of blind fate or implacable karma. It shows the part played by the self in creating causes and the measures required to balance the past. Kyanite facilitates the ascension process by drawing the light body down into the physical realm and connecting the higher mind to the highest frequencies. To use kyanite in healing, you want to understand that kyanite treats muscular disorders, fevers, the urogenital system, thyroid and parathyroid, adrenal glands, throat, and brain. A natural pain reliever, it lowers blood pressure and heals infections. It releases excess weight, supports the cerebellum and the motor responses of the body, and kyanite helps to balance yin-yang energies. Okay, so um, apparently there's appropriate places that you can position blue kyanite. So you wanna particularly place it between the navel and the heart or wear as a pendant, like so. So there is, in addition to blue kyanite, which strengthens the voice and heals the throat and the larynx and useful for performers and public speakers. So if you are used to being on stage or you're used to speaking to large amounts of people, um, you would 
do well with blue kyanite, but there's also black kyanite, which grounds the body when aligning the chakras and during or after meditation. Okay, so that is all about blue kyanite. And again, like I was saying, I use this for pretty much all the things um, and it is an excellent meditation stone. It's excellent to help with sleep. So I feel like whenever I have been having some pretty intense dreams or if I've been having like good meditative practice, I try and make sure that I have this pretty close by because usually that means I'm gonna be dreaming and that is another form of communication. These are also great if you're trying to connect and understand who or what is your spirit guide. And um, it, it's, it's very, very helpful because it's almost like almost like a talisman for them, like a touchstone. So that way, when you're trying to make connection, you're trying to understand what they're trying to say to you, this is a great stone to have for that practice. Okay, you guys, so that's pretty much it for blue kyanite. So let me, let me pan to the one cam. Hello, okay, so I'm gonna tell you what the quote of the week is. So this is by, are brought and they said life becomes easier when you learn to accept the apology you never got i felt like that was really oof, hit home for me because a lot of times we go through life really needing to find closure really needing to understand why things have happened to us in the way that they have and sometimes we never get to talk to the people that we need that closure with and so Sometimes it helps to understand that even though you don't get to have that conversation, you have to learn how to accept even if, you know, you won't be able to hear it from another person, even just imagining it in your mind or writing it down, the things that you feel or that you need to get out, talking about it, or even having the conversation in your mind, how things should have gone, or even like, and a full moon ritual is one of my favorite things, like the conversation that should have happened, even though you never really physically got the apology or the explanation or whatever, imagine it sometimes helping, it helps to imagine it in your mind so that way you can move forward and that way you can release some of the feelings that you have about what happened to you. That's a very like low key description because I'm sure a lot, you know, there's deeper trauma that could be happening, but for this all, to all intents and purposes, like the, the act of accepting the apology that you haven't gotten really helps your healing process and moving forward. So anyway, that is the quote of the week. Now let's talk about the topic. So, you know, I feel kind of remiss in the fact that I haven't really talked about this before because I feel like this is a really important thing in spirituality and that is understanding your pineal, I say pineal, I think you can say pineal, pineal gland and um, its uh, importance in how we use it in spirituality. So let's talk about what the pineal gland is and what it does in your body and why we use it in spirituality. Like why is it important and what what is its properties and how is it looked at through different eyes and cultures in history. So I'm using this book that actually my friend has written and it's called Activate Your Pineal Gland by Bianca Rulick. 
and um, she is the crystal shop owner that I usually um, do a lot of my tarot reads out of and I do a lot of um, some of my um, interviews and whatnot for the podcast and she is absolutely an incredible spiritualist and I'm so excited that she wrote this book and I was like hey probably should do an episode talking about the pineal gland so um, if you have more questions about this um, because I'm just gonna go over just like the basic stuff but if you want to get like the real meat and potatoes I would get this book um, and figure out how to really activate and understand your pineal gland. So what is the pineal gland? Like just off the top of my head, I know that your pineal gland is in your midbrain. So it's right in the center and it's right in between your eyes, like right here in the midbrain, but it's way back in there. It's like back here. And it regulates your sleep hormone melatonin. It also, for women, it regulates our hormone cycles and it helps with your circadian rhythms. And that's very much directed to your melatonin production um, and your sleep-wake cycles. So that would be the circadian rhythm. Now, um, let's go into a little bit more about what that is. So to fully understand any process, one must first get familiar with the parts. So that's what we're doing, right? We're discovering what the heck is the pineal gland and how is it important? So, sorry, I've got incense smoke all over the place. So in science classes, we spoke of the pituitary gland and how it was the master of all other glands. We spoke of the adrenal glands, the thyroids, and even the sex glands. But I cannot recall ever speaking of the pineal gland. And that's very true. I've been through so many science, I mean, anatomy and physiology, you know, just for nursing. And I don't remember anybody ever really talking about the pineal gland. It was like this little pea-sized gland that sits in the direct center of the brain that was erased from the science books. We have come to learn that it is very close to the pituitary gland and is a crucial part of the endocrine system that connects the endocrine system to the nervous system. In fact, a short version of this process is that the pineal determines the time space or using light dark that triggers its own hormone secretions as well as signaling the pituitary to notify the rest of the endocrine crew. So what are glands? Glands are a group of cells that synthesize substances, hormones, sweat, mucus, etc., and are classified as either endocrine or exocrine. Endocrine glands secrete without the use of ducts directly into the bloodstream that are necessary for the processes within the body, whereas exocrine glands use ducts to discharge substances outside of it, either to other organs or uh, the outside of the body. So the pineal gland was one of the last parts of the human body or human brain to be understood by neuroscientists and its true potential is still shrouded in mystery to this day. So let's talk about a little bit more about melatonin. So melatonin is the primary secretion of the pineal gland. It is a hormone derived from serotonin that regulates the natural rhythm of the body, especially our sleep pattern. It is it um, it helps to it helps us to feel tired, obviously, because it's melatonin. Go to sleep, wake up, and feel alert. The amount of melatonin produced can be correlated to amounts of light that a person is exposed to. The darker it is, the more melatonin is produced. Light resets this biological clock, so it is very important to be aware of your sleep area and ensuring that it is completely dark. 
Um, I've noticed a drastic change in levels of meditation and sleep achieved when the room is pitch black versus sleeping with a nightlight or even a dimly lit Himalayan salt lamp. It's funny she mentions that because I definitely have one of those right by my bed. <laughs> a good practice for a healthier pineal gland is to ensure that you get sunlight during the day and have complete darkness at night when you sleep. This will help the pineal gland find the right rhythm. There are a few foods that are melatonin enriching and act in favor of the pineal gland, such as oats, sweet corn, ginger, rice, bananas, and barley. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about the history of the pineal gland. I know I'm kind of cruising through this really fast, you guys. I just don't want it to be super heavy in some of the stuff that we talk about here because it can get very like science heavy, which I personally really enjoy, but at the same time, like not everybody's into the heavy science stuff. So I'll try and just keep it as like to the point as possible for you guys so we can move on to the more fun stuff with the pineal gland. So the history. So even though we still know very little about the true potential of this gland, it is a very rich metaphysical history. Uh, ancient Greeks believed it to be the connection to the realm of thought. Buddhists know it as a symbol of spiritual awakening. Hinduism, it connects with the third eye chakra, the seat of intuition and clairvoyance, which you've heard me talk about so many times. And in the Bible, Jesus proclaimed that the eye is the lamp of the body. The name was derived from Latin pinea, meaning pine cone, due to its shape resembling one. Pine trees are one of the most ancient terrestrial plants on earth, and you can think of the pine cone as the precursor to the flower. The spines of the pine cone form a perfect Fibonacci sequence spiraling out in both directions, similar to that of a rose. Um, it is a perfect example of sacred geometry, which associates symbolic and sacred meanings to geometric shapes. The pineal gland is also known as the glandula pinealis or pineal body, emphasis cerebri, emphasis or the eye of Horus. This tiny gland has been linked to mystical and spiritual experiences since ancient times. In fact, the word epiphany got its roots from epiphysis and refers to the one receiving sudden insight from somewhere unknown. The pineal gland has also been called the seat of the soul or the epicenter of enlightenment. The upper portion of the pineal body is the optic or eye. This is, this is what has been referred to as the all-seeing eye depicted on the one dollar. Do, I'm not wearing my blue kyanite, so. <laughs> the one dollar bill. It is the flame of a candle, which relates to the Bible reference of the candle, which gives light to the whole house. Without digging much, or sorry, without digging much further, the whole house refers to the skull in which the temple or the house of God is within each one of us. So to this very day, the pineal gland, also known as the third eye, is still shrouded in mystery. When people speak of awakening, or peering behind the veil. So when you awaken this area, this pineal gland area, um, you're peering behind the veil, uh, which is, or peeking beneath the veil, they speak of seeing through the veil of illusion, as the eye represents sight and vision. The mystery of the third eye has intrigued scholars of old and continues to question the teachers of the present. 
Until very recently, there has been limited information on this gland and it has since been classified as the vestigial organ. A vestigial organ, also called a vestigial structure, because of it, um, because not all are necessarily organs such as the wisdom teeth. Yeah, like we all get our wisdom teeth removed. Like they, I don't really know why, they, no one's explained to me why my wisdom teeth needs to be removed. I mean, granted it's, it's an extra tooth, extra four teeth. So you need to get them out because it's going to cause crowding or whatever, but they come through for a reason. So what, like, why do we need to take them out? Anyway, just another one of those organs in our bodies. Like what is the appendix for? Like I, we always, we get it removed. I guess it served a purpose at one point, you know, in our evolutionary process, I suppose wisdom teeth did as well, but it's just sort of hanging out there, not really doing much. So anyway, sorry, it's a little input there. Um, so anyway, uh, all necessary. Okay. Yeah. Um, because not all are necessary organs, such as the wisdom teeth, is an anatomical feature that may have performed some important function for the evolution of the organism at one point, but is now no longer deemed useful or necessary. Most are assumed atrophied or no longer functioning. So let's talk about third eye imagination. Now, I love this because she talks about how you can activate this area through the process of visualization, which makes sense because it is therefore an eye, right? So we want to utilize visualization to activate this area, this eye, right? Okay, so this is what she says. Once you have reached a state of physical relaxation, using the learned relaxation techniques or one you have learned during your own practice, it will be more effective to focus your mind on one thought or image and to hold it there. We will be visualizing your physical eyeballs and placing the vision of an eyeball where the third eye is most commonly represented, which is between the brows and about an inch up. Okay, so although the physical pineal gland is located between the hemispheres directly in the middle of your brain, it is usually depicted on the forehead as the third eye or brow chakra. Now I'm gonna actually go to two cams here because I want, hopefully I'm gonna put some pictures up of where this is so that way you guys can visualize it too. Okay, so we just talked about where the third eye is. It's about right about there, okay? So that is your third eye or your brow chakra. While moving your eyeballs, visualize how they look and how they feel as they move. Visualize their color and try to zoom in on details. What shade is your iris? How sensitive are your pupils to sunlight? Imagine how they look in the mirror as you move them from side to side, up and down, and around in circles. Spend a few minutes with your awareness focused on your eyeballs while moving them. You may begin to feel sensations either on your forehead or on the top of your head. These are common and normal symptoms of awakening a dormant pineal gland. Continue to focus on your physical eyeballs and with your eyes still closed, slowly move your gaze up towards that spot we focused on earlier for your gazing meditation practice. Instead of seeing a dot or a circle, you will envision your actual eyeball in its place. Visualize a third, eye, a third physical eye in the space where you would imagine your third eye would be. As you move your two eyes, imagine your third eye moving along with them. Continue this practice for a few minutes 
and begin to slow down the movements of your two eyes while still moving your third eye. Slow down your two eyes to a complete stop while now only moving your third eye up and down, left and right. Rotate it all the way around as if you are looking inside your head. Continue interacting with your imaginary third eye, paying attention to this vision with the intention of keeping it open. You can combine auto-suggestion at this point and repeat to yourself, my third eye is open and I can see clearly. Performing this technique daily will not only make you more physically aware of your pineal gland, but also improve your focus. Centering and concentration abilities all beneficial to all the techniques lined out in this book. Slowly come out of the practice by visualizing your third eye being left open as you take several breaths and bring your presence back to the present moment. Open your physical eyes, express gratitude to your third eye for opening up during your practice and bring your awareness back towards your physical body. Just as if you were coming out of a meditative state, you want to integrate slowly and in silence. You may feel your forehead pulsating during, the imme during and immediately after this exercise. So um, she, she gives this really great uh, imagination and uh, exercise for this sort of thing. So this is what she says. The first thing you do is set your meditation space, close your eyes, visualize one of your eyeballs located at the center of your forehead. Using your imagination, move that third eyeball around, looking left and right, up and down, all around in circles. Say either out loud or in your head, my third eye is aware and I see clearly. And then you repeat steps or you know all those steps four to five times or just however many times feel good to you with awareness so there is a few more things that she talks about that are exercises that are really really helpful you can also use binaural beats and she goes over all the different types of beats that you can use but that's for like another podcast episode the binaural beats which i'm really excited to bring to you guys um and then breath work. Breath work is super important for any sort of chakral um, engagement. So um, if you're into yoga, if you know how to do yoga, that is an excellent way of breathing. There's lots of different types of breathing with yoga that is super, super helpful with this sort of thing. But just for all intents and purposes for breathing with this chakra, you want to imagine when you take a big deep breath in through your nose, all the the energy and the positivity flowing to that area. And as you breathe out, you imagine any blocks or negativity going out with your breath. So that can be very, very helpful to get that area activated and spinning brightly. So at any rate, um, you can also use crystals too as, okay, so I've been doing this crystal class for the past couple of weeks and I haven't gotten to the third eye yet. That's actually coming up. Um, recently I've gotten to the throat and um, we're going to be talking about the third eye, um, not this week, but the following Tuesday. So if you are interested in that, please look on my YouTube channel or on my Instagram page because I load it up there and it's on Instagram live. So it's every other Tuesday, every month. So if you're interested in learning about how to use crystals to engage your chakra bodies, make sure you tune into that. So, um, but I do load it up on the, onto my YouTube page so that way you guys can take a look and listen to it and, and watch. 
So there's a bunch of different types of crystals that you can use to activate your third eye. Um, it doesn't look like she talks about a lot of them. I, I'll just tell you uh, the ones that I utilize. So the ones that I utilize that are very good for me are Carolite which is a really bright purple, really beautiful stone. I've talked about it before on one of my other podcast episodes. And basically you can use Carawite, you can use uh, Amethyst, which is really, really popular. Anything that's purple in color or even a more clear, like clear quartz or a Herkimer diamond, um, those are really good for activating your third eye just because it's an indigo color space. So it's like a really deep, deep purple or blue and so if you find any like stone of those colors generally that'll be really helpful for opening up that third eye space so actually i have a cool story about this so um my i had a reiki session and the reiki master had put you know crystals on each one of my chakra bodies and the the crystal she put on my third eye I felt like this deep, almost like a deep burning sensation, not like painful. It was just almost like, it's hard to imagine, like, um, like maybe when you put like, I don't want to say hydrogen peroxide on a cut because that's painful, but like, it just felt like it was seeping into my third eye. Like I felt it, like the energy moving into that space. It was really intense. And finally it got to a point where I just felt like everything was like moving and it was just this incredible thing. And, um, and so I asked her after the Reiki session was over, which was absolutely incredible. And, um, she told me it was Carolite that she put on my third eye space. And I was like, well, damn, I need to do that more often. Cause it was just like, boom. So give that a shot or some amethyst. Those two are the best ones that I've heard of. And be sure to comment or um, DM me if you have some that you use so that we can all like discover together. So anyway, that pretty much covers everything today, you guys. So let me know what you think about all of this. It's a really short episode, but I just wanted to talk a little bit about your pineal gland and how it affects your spirituality and how it's talked about in history and um, be sure to try out some of the meditations and some of the exercises maybe utilizing some crystals to help open up that space um i also wanted to let you guys know with um with taking melatonin just be sure you're only taking it like you know once in a while when you're not sleepy because if you're continually feeding your body melatonin every single day it can take over the melatonin that's naturally being secreted from your pineal gland so you don't want to like get super regular on the melatonin because then like it kind of disrupts the amount that your gland is secreting so just wanted to put that out there for you guys um and then let me see yeah, so um, just imagine in your mind's, your mind's eye, your pineal gland it opening, you know, when you're doing some of your meditation to really get this um, area working and activated and spinning bright. And let me know how it goes, you guys, because I'm always interested to hear how things are going with y'all. The last thing I wanted to mention is ways that you can decalcify your pineal gland. Now, granted, if you don't really understand what that means, there is some calcification that can happen whenever you introduce fluoride into your diet. And that can naturally happen, you know, when you brush your teeth, when you drink fluoridated water, which improves the taste. So ways that you can decalcify your pineal gland is to drink non-fluoridated water. 
uh, use fluoride-free toothpaste. And you can find, actually, you can find fluoride-free toothpaste pretty much anywhere nowadays. Um, usually, you can find it in Tom's brand. That's pretty popular. Or Jason. And then there's actually a lot of different toothpaste brands that have uh, no fluoride in it. Eat less meat and processed foods exercise, limit screen time, especially right before you go to sleep. And studies have shown that if you don't look at your phone an hour before you go to sleep, you tend to sleep better and it doesn't disrupt that circadian rhythm and that release of melatonin right before you go to bed so that you can go to sleep and sleep longer. Uh, meditation is also incredibly helpful for um, decalcifying your pineal gland, uh, use your intuition more. So listening to your gut instinct, listening to your um, visualizations and what comes to you and try taking eyebright. Now, granted, you want to make sure that you get an okay from your doctor before taking any new supplements, but eyebright tends to help with the decalcification process. So just thought I'd let you guys know that those are really helpful tips to decalcifying your pineal gland. So anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for being here with me. And just in general, I'm so grateful for all of you guys for tuning in and taking a listen to everything and watching what's been going on with, with the podcast. So let me know if there's anything you guys want me to talk about. Other than that, I'll just be springing all this stuff on you and hopefully you'll love it because I love it. And I love you guys. So I hope you have a fantastic week and that you enjoy your weekend. And I look forward to talking at you again really soon. Until then, love and light to you all. If you would like an intuitive tarot reading or a past life tarot reading, be sure to contact me at my website at www.thirdeyewithlorelei.com and third is spelled with the three R-D, not T-H-I-R-D. Or you can contact me on my Instagram account or on my Facebook account. You can DM me and we can set up some time to get your reading in as soon as possible. In-person reading is accepted at this time. Also, readings over Zoom are accepted. So make sure to contact me and let me know what you need, you guys. Love and light to you all.